if we can kind of help people go 1% from where they are right now to being a little bit more intentional and cognizant about these things on their day-to-day lives, I think that that's kind of where we want to put most of our work in. Welcome to the Good Around Us podcast. Here we share stories of people doing good things in their communities. I'm your host, Stephanie Keeley. Ibrahim Ayoub is an impact-driven, experienced strategist and designer. Filling roles as teacher, consultant, coach, and speaker, Ibrahim is fascinated by psychology, human behavior, and the intersection of design with social impact. In 2020, he launched Justly, an online platform that crowdsources and curates racial justice resources to help people continually learn, act, and grow toward creating an equitable society. Here's Ibrahim. Welcome and thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Stephanie. Happy to be here. Yes. So Ibrahim, um, tell us about yourself. What's led you to where you are today doing social impact work? Uh, yeah, definitely. So I you know, think personally and professionally, I kind of took a, a very scenic route to uh, to where I am right now. I um, I grew up outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, you know, very white suburban uh, white suburban town, and I you know I think from an early age was very interested, very curious about you know kind of how things worked. But I found a lot of my kind of personal experience was was very different than how it is today. Um, I would say like I was, I kind of grew up very, you know, shy and, and anxious and, and wasn't really, I think, experiencing life the, the way that I could, especially with a, you know, an older sister who was you know, very outgoing, kind of always living in the moment, um, a dad and mom who are, who are similarly the, the same. And, um, I'm Pakistani American, so I, you know, my sister was born in Pakistan. My parents all Pakistani. My parents are both Pakistani, and we would travel there quite a bit. And then I remember in 2005, I we went, and there was a an earthquake that my grandmother's NGO was uh, was helping kind of people who were displaced with you know supplies and um, uh, like school materials and things like that, and that. I remember just the people that I was interacting with there were, you know, very greeted me with more kind of enthusiasm and positive energy than I was greeting them. And, you know, it just, it was the first time when I kind of felt a very kind of some dissonance around, you know, how I was living my life and all the things that I had kind of at my disposal. And, and just from like a mindset perspective, I just wasn't, you know, I think I wasn't kind of living fully as as much as I could have. So that that was kind of a big turning point for me. That was 2005, and from from there, it, it kind of sparked a lot of interest in things that I'm pursuing right now around just general personal well being and you know gratitude as well as kind of empathy, not only for for others but also for self, and and then just a general focus on you know the way that we're kind of experiencing our day-to-day lives isn't just shaped by what we have, but kind of how we go about living it. Um, so, you know, so from there, I I was doing a lot of work around kind of diversity in, in my high school and then college, um, looking at kind of helping a 
club around uh, people who had mixed race or kind of multiplied with identified with multiple races, um, seeing that you know there's a lot of issues of identity for people who who you know maybe there's one person who's half Haitian, half Korean, um, you know, just and kind of battling or, or kind of dealing with how do you kind of navigate that, and then even I kind of felt that as well from you know here um, uh, in the U.S. I'm Pakistani in America. Uh, and then in Pakistan, I'm, um, I'm American. So, so that's kind of mm. an area. Then I was studying computer science for undergrad and did my master's in systems engineering. So it's quite technical, but, uh, even from then I, you know, was much more interested in kind of the human side of things and how do we, you know, why do we do the things that we do? How can we kind of make better solutions and services to to really serve people's underlying needs? So after a short short time doing uh, technology consulting, I switched into management consulting and then uh, focused specifically around kind of human-centered design, design thinking, and worked a lot with nonprofits um, on you know bringing some of this user experience type work, but for kind of social causes. And then kind of outside of that, I, I continued working uh, on personally around, you know, how do you apply design, design thinking for personal well-being? And just from even my own experiences of, you know, kind of going through changes in mindset, changes in uh, kind of daily schedule, habits, intention, and, and finding a lot of value in that. So kind of formalize that for other people. And then also some, some kind of more community projects around um, kind of keeping people connected most recently around racial justice now. And, um, and, and currently I'm in, I'm in Singapore. Uh, it's the, it's the time difference that we have, uh, <laughs> doing my MBA. So, you know, from this, from this one year looking to, uh, to kind of get more of that, you know, international exposure with, uh, with working and interacting with people from all over and, and trying to bring, kind of formalize some of this work, but f- f- onto more of a global scale of, you know, even when we think about diversity, it's uh, an empathy. It's, it can mean culturally very different things in, in different contexts. So I think that's mm-hmm. one thing I've been, been eager to, to look at as well. So, so that's, uh, that's how I got here. This uh, apartment in, uh, <laughs> in Singapore, which I didn't think I would, I would be anytime soon. Yeah. So where are you diving into the most right now? Where are you making the biggest impact? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing for me, I guess since since the summer has been around uh, racial justice in in the U.S. specifically, but I think you know now being abroad, I'm also just thinking about general inclusion more more broadly. But I think that that's a big area where. You know, obviously from, you know, George Floyd and all the things that were happening in the U.S., just seeing this kind of reawakened spotlight on a on a very old, you know, kind of problem that, that you know, we've always had. But there was kind of this, this reemergence of, of people kind of uh, thinking about it and reflecting on it. And I think part of that, too, was a function of, you know, everyone was at home. Um, so I think people were kind of already through kind of a reflection process as well. But, but yeah, I think, I think that's, that's kind of always been something. And even from high school, which, you know, I, it was maybe like 
seven percent white <laughs> like i was i was one of three muslims and the, the two other muslims were brothers and <laughs> it wasn't very much uh religious or, or racial diversity you know people are so rooted in in how they they think right now and there's a lot of people that have the right intention around it but sometimes it's like how to navigate that world uh is very difficult for people and that's that's kind of what i've been finding from from the work that i've been doing uh, through is it justly is uh, it's kind of you know how to how to live justly, and it's it's interesting because after we we basically kind of started this initiative um, that we were seeing you know people were sharing all these Google Docs of resources and places to uh, you know where you can go protest where you can donate um, you know where you can learn more and it was it was just a lot of information that we were seeing and flying all over the place and. I remember thinking, you know, I felt somewhat, you know, comfortable with these topics, but I was thinking like, even this is like overwhelming, even for me. So it's like someone who's like, just kind of coming to this, like, I don't know how they're going to feel. And so I was talking to one of my friends about that. I was like, you know, can we, let's just try to like consolidate everything, put it into one place and, and make it a little bit easier for people who want to, you know, who want to get involved in some capacity and, after after doing that, we basically we had I think you know two or three hundred resources where you know you could filter on like if it's a podcast or if it's an article or a book and then kind of the topics and the kind of engagement level we were calling. So if this is someone who you know if this is kind of like more advanced or kind of gives a broad overview and, and try to help people kind of navigate that that a little bit better um, and we so we did that and then we we were like. You know, okay, this is like this is a better list, I think, than than we've seen others. But but it's still a list, and you know, it, that's instead of we're still kind of overwhelming people to a sense of like here's kind of everything. But what's what would be kind of the five, three to five resources that would be most beneficial to you based off wherever you are? Um, so that's why we we developed a survey, kind of this questionnaire assessment to see. One kind of where's people current understanding and, um, you know, around like uh, systemic racism or, you know, their level of comfort talking about race, as well as just general preferences, right, of, you know, do you like to read or do you like to watch, uh, watch things, watch movies, TV shows, um, and also just, you know, how much time do you have? Because also recognizing it's not like, you know, people can't just drop all their other commitments all of a sudden and, and you know, try to take on something that's not sustainable. So, so based off of that, we, you know, we would send that out and then we had around 250 or so people who responded and then we would send them kind of curated sets of resources and then launch the website around this now um, as well. Kind of, so we, we do definitely a very design and iterative approach around, you know, here initially here's just an air table with some resources to here's a survey that we were just kind of manually going through people's responses and then now being able to kind of have everything live on, on a website. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's an area where I am and I hope, you know, can, can continue to make the most kind of impact around. Cause I think there's, there's a lot of work being done around racial justice and, and what we've been seeing a lot of it is kind of, uh, top down of, you know, here's all this information, here's, uh, you know, the the history and here's kind of what's happening now. This is legislation that we would need, uh, which is all great. And 
I think what we're trying to do instead of going from top down is from bottom up of, let's say, let's first understand you and where you are and then kind of be the guide or kind of help you navigate this, you know, this world of which, you know, people are all starting this kind of journey in very different places. And, and I think our, our big focus for us is let's, you know, one meet, kind of meet people where they are and then try to shift this, the mindset around racial justice is not as something you, you know, you kind of do when there's, you know, some nationwide outcry or some, you know, tragic event, but something that's, uh, uh, a way to live, right? Of um, this is just kind of just living a racially just lifestyle, and that lifestyle is going to be very different and personal based off of your current understanding, based off of your current resources, the community that you're in. Uh, but if we can kind of help people go one percent from where they are right now to being a little bit more intentional and cognizant about these things on their day to day lives, um, I think that that's kind of where we want to put most of our work in. What I really like about um, the this specific work that you're doing is is you know moving people just one step closer, just the next the next small step, uh, meeting them where they are, being very individualized, and saying if you're right here, then here are resources for you. And I think that's so impactful to to give someone some a resource that is just going to help them do just a little bit better. Um, I think it's it's approachable for something that can be a really heavy and, and challenging topic. How is this work making a difference? What are you seeing or hearing? Yeah, so I, I think a big thing, you know, and you touched upon it as well, just kind of being approachable is that a lot of the focus has been on just the kind of the dynamics that we're trying to kind of create or just that kind of comfort for people for a very uncomfortable topic. So I mean, a lot of the time we're spending is on, you know, the copy, the like how we're kind of introducing these things and just kind of reassuring people that, you know, it's wherever you are, it's that's where you are. Like, there, there's no shame or there's there's no problem about you kind of being there because there's no, that's not really beneficial to, to you or for us to say, you know, you should have done more in the past or, or, why didn't you, why were you thinking like that? Because, you know, we're all kind of a, a function of our, uh, kind of who we are, our experiences and, and how we were, you know, what we were exposed to growing up. Um, so, so we found, you know, I, I think a lot of, it was interesting because when we started, we, we were imagining that the kind of our target audiences or people would be, you know, young, kind of early, early 20s, um, kind of 20 to 30s, kind of young professionals or kind of people in colleges who, you know, these kinds of conversations are being already um, kind of more and more uh, prevalent. But the, some of the people that we kind of had really interesting conversations with were, were typically quite older, I would say like, you know, 40s, 50s. And I, I remember you know, one person I spoke to was from the Midwest had, you know, I had two children and then kind of came across our, our site and was saying, you know, that he, this was something that, you know, he, he was just never really exposed to, you know, just from like, you know, very homogenous kind of community and upbringing, but then now seeing it more and like with his, with his kids kind of talking about it much more that he, he can recognize like this is something he needs to get more involved with. But before, 
kind of in, in, engaging with us, he he just kind of constantly felt attacked, you know, that it was like some of the, the books that he was reading or kind of how he was trying to engage with people and kind of go out of his comfort zone. Uh, he just kind of felt alienated and that in doing so, you know, people kind of close off. And this is an area, racial justice and kind of how we think about race and inclusion where like the more you close off, the less you're going to kind of benefit and really change. Right. So like you, and it, it can be scary for people, right. But you have to kind of be vulnerable and, and be kind of honest with yourself around uh, kind of where you are and then kind of how you're, you know, kind of what you think about around these topics. And I think he just really appreciated that, you know, we, we, we did bring in kind of some, some of those design elements to just say, you know, this is, we're not, we're not creating something to assess your past or to say, you know, to, to grade you necessarily versus we're saying we're understanding this is, this is a journey, right. And everyone's on a different part of that journey. And based off of where you are on the journey right now, these are some resources and things that we think would be most helpful for you. But, um, and then let us kind of help you go from, you know, point, a or point C to, you know, to B or D or, or whatever it is, but it's, it's kind of a, a, this constant, you know, constant path that we're all taking and we're all kind of learning from. And, and it even, you know, like with design thinking, it is iterative, right? Like it's not, there's not going to be one set of resources you can read now. And then it's like, okay, you know, I, I checked the box on racial justice, mm-hmm. like I'm done, like on to the next thing, but it's, you know, how do you kind of continually kind of grow from it and, you know, iterate on things that that would be useful and as your situation and, and circumstances change and, and the world of you know racial justice changes uh, how can you kind of move along with it so so that's been one thing where a lot of the people that we send resources to initially uh, requested you know another set you know, three weeks down the road one month down the road and kind of we're indicating this this interest on more sustained work versus you know a lot of you know, some, a lot of what we had seen earlier was, you know, people would share something on social media or donate once and then, you know, they were kind of done with it. But, but there were some, a lot of people who generally, we found that, that did want to kind of create a sustainable system that, that they'll, you know, continue making this progress on. Yeah. It's like shifting from that checkbox. I, I took care of that. I read that mentality to this, um, establishing this as part of my learning, my lifestyle, and my journey. Um, That's really great. So if someone wants to engage with this work, where do they go? Uh, Yeah, so we we have a site now, uh, livejustly.com, justly with an I. And and there it has all the resources that that we've kind of collected. And it's, it's broken up as well around... Uh, around kind of the the key action that people want to do. So it's, you know, each resource is, is whether if you want to learn, act, or kind of join an organization or a community. And, you know, you can filter around around that, kind of what, what's your kind of primary goal, as well as kind of focus areas, uh, topics, and then uh, kind of intended audiences, formats. You know, we try to be agnostic, agnostic around uh, the the types of authors or publications that, that we're putting up there. So, you know, people do get kind of that full array and, and not to kind of 
silo people into just one kind of subset of resources. Uh, so, so yeah, so it's live justly there. And then, you know, people can still browse the whole library of, of resources as well as kind of fill out. We have a kind of a shorter form now to send resources on and, and we're working on uh, creating a, a text service as well. So you can uh, basically kind of get a lot of reflections and exercises directly to your phone, kind of help integrate some, some racial justice um, kind of thinking and, and actions, but where you are kind of in your, in your schedule, right. And kind of making it a little bit easier and more attainable to, to kind of move that 1%. So it's not, not overwhelming um, and something that, you know, people can, can just kind of continue to, to work through as well. Great. Ibrahim, let's shift a little bit and kind of dive into, you, you mentioned a, a lot about presence and personal wellness and, you know, staying in the now and meditation. So I want to kind of shift over to that other side of your interests and, and the heart of the work that you do. I'm very interested in kind of that personal development, reflection, and um and I think just a lot of the work that I do around user research and, and design, it's it's all about kind of the questions, right? Like kind of what types of questions that we're asking people. And and I sometimes think about, and I, I wrote an article about this as well, is that, you know, this one question of, of who are you is, is very difficult, to, I think, for, for people to answer. Mm. And it's a lot of times driven by kind of the, the environment or circumstances, right? Like if someone asked me, who am I in a, professional networking setting, it's going to be very different than, you know, if I'm meeting friends of friends or something else. But if we just kind of ask ourselves that question, kind of what that, what that means. And, and I think a big part of that is that, you know, what are, what are kind of those driving, driving pillars or kind of guiding principles. Uh, so I actually made a, a business card, like a, a me card version of this that I keep around that kind of lists some of those things out. So I have, I have six kind of kind of core principles, but I, if I kind of boil it down to three overarching themes that I think for me, the, the, the primary drivers are is one around just kind of growth mindset and curiosity right, around this, that where, where, who we are and where we are is, is not fixed. And, and I, I definitely experienced that from, you know, how I was kind of growing up pre-2005 and the earthquake and, and kind of where I am now uh, and where I hope to be, you know, next year or even tomorrow. Um, and with that, you know, just thinking very, very deeply and, and openly without judgment of kind of like, who am I? Why are things operating that the way that they are socially or even, you know, with a given product or service? And, and what are ways that we can, you know, try to improve that? And just recognizing, you know, nothing is really fixed. Um, you know, maybe our our height, <laughs> <laughs> but I think outside of that, I think everything is is pretty much up for grabs. Um, and then second is is empathy. I'd say just empathy for you know, for self and for others. I think a lot of the times that we, when we're trying to understand other people or you know just meeting other people, it is kind of done through a lens a lens of our own values and our own experiences and, and trying to remove 
that lens as much as possible. A lot of issues, especially now, you know, that we've seen the last couple of years in the U.S. around, you know, us versus them Mm -hmm. and like kind of tribal mindset, which which we you know inherently have as humans. But I think how we where we draw that line of of who do I consider we and who do I consider, you know, others is is subjective. And, and you know, we, we often use race, religion, you know, nationality, political affiliations to to draw that line. But I think if, if we just let ourselves kind of remove that and and kind of see what the what that quote unquote other side looks like, well I think we find that the we is is much larger. And then third I think is just diversity. Um and diversity in, I'd say, I'd say the broadest sense, uh, you know, obviously race, religion, gender, some of those things. But, you know, I've done some work around uh, accessibility and, and you know, disabilities as well as kind of intellectual and kind of personality diversity as well. And it's interesting seeing here doing the MBA where, you know, kind of very extroverted personalities are you know, much more common, but then you know, people who are just, just naturally or want to be more introverted and they just kind of get energy kind of being alone. And um, I think having having a very diverse set of, of people that you're interacting with on a, on a day-to-day basis, I think is very beneficial, as well as diversity of experience. Um, you know, I'm, I do, I think for the last four or five years now, I kind of make it a point to do at least one new thing a week which can sometimes be pretty weird, you know, like I'll do uh, like juggling or, you know, take just random classes. And, and sometimes, you know, people joke with me that, you know, I'm just, you know, I'll just kind of do anything. Um, if someone asks me if I want to, you know, take some class or go somewhere, my kind of automatic response is, is yes. And, and I do that. And I, and I've kind of recognized that, you know, one, I think I'm just part of it, maybe just be curiosity or just like, you know, why not? Like it could be fun, but I've, I've found from a more kind of deeper level that it, it kind of helps me kind of be more immersed in the world and also see the bigger part of, of the world versus, you know, the, this kind of small circle or, or kind of, uh, part of, of it that I've been exposed to or that I kind of am in right now. So, so yeah, I'm just very driven to kind of expand my uh, perspective, breadth of experience, um, exposure to different types of problems, and and try to address them or work with them collaboratively with people and, and through empathy. Life is busy. You are clearly very busy. Um, <laughs> we're always on the go. There's a ton of content to consume always checklists, rule the day, work and life mesh together 24-7, especially now. Um, so how do you stay present and fully alive like you've described? And do you have advice for others around this? You know, well, I guess from, from the fully alive part, I think it, it's definitely that, you know, those new experiences, new people, like that, that really makes me kind of I do put a lot of focus on, you know, living this kind of full life. Um, So I kind of kind of use a a litmus test of if after, you know, a week or two, if I haven't felt like I've 
been in a situation where I, I kind of get that, you know, like the, the butterflies or that kind of like feeling nervous in a way, then that that's kind of a, a sign for me of like, okay, I need to do something that's a little uncomfortable. Um, because I find that, you know, when you do those, when you, it's the, the lead up to it is the uncomfortable part, but then the actual act of doing it. And then afterwards, it's, it's always kind of revitalizing um, and energizing. So that's something I'm, I'm just kind of constantly always seeking. And, and from a presence perspective, walk outside, you know, just without, without my phone, without kind of being connected to things and, and just being intentional around whatever I'm, I'm doing at a certain time to make sure that I'm kind of fully doing that thing. Um, and, you know, in this kind of attention economy, you know, we're, you know, on our computer have 15 tabs open and, you know, have uh, texting someone on the phone and then, you know, musics and background TV than other people and that it's it's kind of it creates all these slices of our attention which ultimately like it's there is a it cuts off of our like presence of what we're actually doing at that time so I, I do try to kind of one kind of go through this funnel of whatever I'm doing at this given time like I wouldn't be fully doing it and let's say I mean it could even be you know if I'm watching uh, like Netflix or a TV show or something that like I'm just watching that and then being like recognizing that and being aware of that I think is is the biggest thing for me is just being very intentional on what what is where's the spotlight of my at- attention at a given time it has become the most challenging thing like you say you have to be so intentional if you are watching something um that you just watch something and that you're not scrolling at the same time or, oh, I need to add that to my grocery list. Let me get on this app and add it to my cart. And then all of a sudden you're doing a million things at one time and you just sat down to relax and watch a show. If you just kind of run through your day and I've done this exercise, you know, myself and with other people of it's kind of journey mapping. Okay. Think about, you know, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, writing down like where are all the activities that are going on and then also kind of what are you thinking feeling your kind of energy levels and engagement levels um and and when i've done it with with a lot of people it's it's interesting to see that a lot of times even from you know 30 minutes into waking up that it becomes very reactive of what's being asked of me or what kind of stimulus is being thrown my way and then responding to that versus you know okay what, what are the things that I'm trying to get done uh, or what are the things that I want and not even only get done of like an action but just how do I want to be right now right like if 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 for the next hour or so like I want to be extremely uh, productive then it's like okay you know turn your phone the other direction close the other tabs and kind of do the work but or is it, you know, next hour or you know, next 10 minutes, I want to be very uh, present. Then it's just taking stock of what's what environment am I in right now? And is that conducive to being present? That kind of gives people, I think, more agency. Obviously, you know, we have our like personal commitments and professional commitments or, or school or studies, wherever kind of people are that, you know, you, you can't completely design your full day. But anything outside of 
kind of those commitments and within the 24 hours are are kind of this you know life design playground i like to call it and that it's it's we we have much more ability to kind of design things that are more conducive to us that don't require willpower um because that's you know that's a a a fleeting resource it just requires intention which which you know we can all kind of turn on interesting distinguishing between willpower and intention what is a quote that you carry with you i have like three (laughs) you're a quote lover as well (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love quotes yeah this does not surprise Um, me keeping with the the pattern of of threes i can i can give three (laughs) short ones um so i think the, the first around um just general kind of mindset is um Marcel Proust says, you know, the real journey of discovery is not seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. And, and I've always liked that of, you know, of not really, it's, it's much more one kind of again, more of that agency and seeing that this, a lot of this discovery that we can make is not, you know, I mean, travel, of course, and all these things, but it's, if, if you're not, kind of actively thinking about how you're looking at, at the world and things around you, then it, you know, it doesn't matter kind of where you are, but it's, it's going to kind of be the same. Um, and then conversely, you know, you could be kind of having the same schedule, you know, every single day, but if you start looking at things a little bit differently, it's, you know, you're kind of introducing a whole new world. And, and I've always liked that around, you know, just how am I just viewing viewing the environment and everything around me. Um, and then kind of with that, there's uh, James Baldwin, which I think this is a little bit, uh, it might be abridged, but effectively is, to, you know, we made the world we're living in and we have to make it over. And and kind of with that too is, is you know, I talked about kind of that fixed versus growth mindset, but then even it's like, is it a fixed or growing society? And I think it it can be overwhelming that there's so many things that systemically uh, or historically were kind of entrenched in in operating and working a certain way. But this, you know, if we go, if we look at the human, the history of, of, of humankind, that it's, all of these things were, were made, right? And what were they intentionally made or were they made for the right reasons or were they made with everyone's kind of best interests in mind? Uh, I would say probably not, but we, we, we as people did make them so we can, you know, do it again and do it more intentionally and more empathetically. Um, and, and then the last is, uh, this is kind of a, a short phrase, but it's basically saying to uh, to plant orchards, not trees. And and I kind of think about the work that I do through that lens, where I feel like some of the stuff before was you know kind of tree focused on here's a given you know I'm working on this product, I'm working on this app, so let me just make this app, and then you know it's then I'm then I'm good, but how to kind of take a step back and say, one, how does that, how does this product or service or the work that I'm doing interact or influence kind of everything else that's already out there? And then also not, you know, how, how can I elevate the work a little bit so it's not, you know, just a one individual kind of siloed project, but something that is kind of more encompassing and, um, and ultimately lets, 
you know, more growth come out of it. Ibrahim is brilliant. He's a change maker and doing big things to push society forward. Wherever this conversation finds you today, I hope it leaves you inspired and thinking, maybe even moving just 1% forward. To connect with Ibrahim's work, go to livejustly.com. That's just li.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Good Around Us podcast. And stay connected on Instagram at good.aroundus. Thanks for listening. Until next time.